You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Key Flaming. Do you want to go do karate in the garage? Yup. All right, let's get to the uh, Denver Pioneers as we continue on with the uh, Frozen Four Coaches Show. And uh, we just spoke with uh, UMass head coach Greg Carvel, uh, his counterpart, uh, leading the Pioneers to Buffalo is uh, head coach David Carl. Uh, welcome ba- welcome to the Pipeline Show. It's the first time I've actually had a chance to speak with you, Coach. So uh, welcome to the Pipeline Show. How are things? Yeah, thanks, Guy. Thanks for having me. Um, things are good. I don't have much to complain about. So, <laughs> uh, just getting ready for next week and um, excited for the opportunity that uh, has been presented to us. All right. Well, let's start with the, uh, the regionals. Uh, your team gets through. Not just uh, with a couple of victories, obviously, but uh, unscathed, uh, not even giving up a goal. Um, I don't know if that was something that you were expecting or predicting, but uh, you got to be pretty pleased with the way you're, uh, w- with the way the pioneers came through. Yeah, we, um, you know, we like how we're playing defensively right now, and um, anytime you can give up no goals, you uh, you're going to win the hockey game uh, in playoff hockey. So. We're excited with how we're playing defensively against two really good hockey teams um, as well in Ohio State and American International. And then obviously we're going against the UMass team that uh, did the same thing against Harvard and Notre Dame. So um, I think combined, I, I saw on Twitter the five or the four teams only let in five goals in the uh, combined in the eight regional games. So four really good uh, teams defensively uh, that fans are going to get to see in Buffalo. Well, we'll get to the head-to-head matchup with UMass uh, a little bit later in this conversation, but uh, let's focus on your team and um, just the, the success that you've enjoyed this season. There, there's been, you know, three—I think three weekends where you were swept. Outside of that, um, a lot of W's next to uh, next to Denver on the schedule. What's been the key to success for you guys this year? Um, you know, I think a huge part of it with uh, with our group has been taking those moments of of adversity when we were swept and and trying to look in the mirror and. Um, figure out where we need to be better. And then I give our players a lot of credit and take an ownership of that. And, um, and then doing the things that we need to do, um, in order to improve. I think we've, we're a much different team than we were back in October. And that's a credit to, I think, our leadership group and our players for buying into what they need to do to have success here. Well, and you're a much different team than you were the last couple of years as well. Your first year behind the bench as head coach. How has that transition been for you? Oh, it's been good. Um, it's, you know, it's obviously a little bit different, uh, but real proud and, and honored to be in the position and, um, you know, have had great mentors that I got to learn from here at Denver in George Gwazdecki and Jim Montgomery. And then uh, also fortunate to have a really good staff around me that, that makes my life and my job a lot easier. So it's been a team effort and uh, really proud of what we've been able to do in our first year together. Uh, it might be a weird question, but anything surprised you this year about, you know, taking on, uh, putting on the big hat and uh, being the main guy behind the bench? Uh, I know you'd been with the team for a long time, so maybe nothing was a surprise, but uh, once you take on that role, did anything kind of uh, change for you? Yeah, not, I mean, yeah, a lot, I guess a lot changed, but um, nothing really all that surprising, just from the sense of, um, you know, being here four years as a student and then five years as an assistant, um, it's not like I'm coming in, you know, getting to know uh, a whole new locker room, getting to know a new administration, um, a new campus. So the transition was, I thought, pretty seamless um, in, in knowing what to expect and being able to navigate the things you need to be able to. Uh, we're speaking with uh, David Carl, the head coach uh, of the Denver Pioneers, uh, just before the team gets going and uh, ready to leave for Buffalo for the Frozen Four 
Coach, I always jokingly, when it comes to everybody wants to do predictions and, and make their picks and things like that, when it gets to the Frozen Four, I always jokingly take whichever team has the most Canadians. That would be you guys uh, this year with uh, 10 Canadians uh, as players, a couple on your coaching staff as well. The the recruiting process and just the importance of uh, recruiting out of Canada for the Denver Pioneers, it's, it's always been that way. There's always been a lot of Canadians with the program. Why? Yes. Um... You know, it was probably established back when when Murray was the uh, was the coach here, um, when the program first started on its uh, really its role uh, into the national tournament, winning national championships. You know, he'd be hard pressed to find an American on the team in in Murray's early days. And I think as the game has grown in the United States and obviously and in Colorado, you've seen more Americans become part of our program. But I think it's just the the tr- I guess the the traditional recruiting footprint that we've always used has been Alberta, British Columbia, Manitoba, um, Saskatchewan. And, and then now you look at our roster, you know, we have five Californians, we got a few Coloradans, um, you know, and we've had on our champion, you know, Will Butcher was from Wisconsin. Um, so it started to grow into the U S market. And I think a lot of our alumni are up in Canada. Um, that certainly helps with connections and, and things like that. So, we haven't tried to reinvent the wheel, I would say, here at Denver. What's worked at Denver's worked for a really long time, and um, we're just trying to continue it on. It is part of it just based on geography? I mean, you are the closest, I believe, one of the closest. North Dakota would be as well. but Yeah, I mean, it's a direct flight from Edmonton. It's a direct flight from Calgary, direct flight from Vancouver. Um, you have mountains. So for the Alberta kids, you know, you see – um, to our east is prairies and then you have the mountains to the west and so when they land in denver it does feel um like home to them and it's it's not as long as a flight as people think you know from edmonton it's only a two two hour 20 minute flight and um calgary's obviously a little bit shorter and in vancouver's a little bit further but it's um for accessibility for parents and getting to and from um it's as as easy of a spot to get to um, when you look at it. Well, and you're uh, being led by some Canadians, and we'll get to some of the guys uh, that uh, that we know f- pretty close to home here in the AJHL uh, in a second. But uh, Liam Finley leads your team in scoring uh, so far this season, uh, 36 points in 40 games. So what can you tell us about uh, Liam Finley for uh, those casual fans who haven't been following the Pioneers all season? Yeah, Liam. Uh, Liam's had a breakout year this year for us. Um, smaller player. Uh, he might be five seven on a good day, and uh, but really good edges. Uh, eyes are always up, and you know he's done a much better job this year being being a more consistent player in practice, being a more inside the dots player, getting to the net front. Uh, for a five seven guy to have fifteen sixteen goals, whatever he has, um, you know that's pretty impressive. And I would say ninety five percent of them are within five feet of the net. So. He's a player that can uh, control the puck when it's on its stick, and when he's getting to dirty areas, he's usually getting rewarded. And then there's a, a guy like Jared Luca Savages who's been, I mean, he's a senior with you now. He's been uh, through a lot of battles and uh, gone this far in the NCAA tournament uh, a few times as well. Uh, that sort of leadership from a guy like that, uh, pretty invaluable, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, you know, him and him and Colin Staub are two four-year seniors that have, have been with the program for four years. This is their third Frozen Four. And um, to be able to do that in your four years in college hockey is uh, is a really a hell of an achievement and, and an accomplishment in itself. And so 
Uh, Jared, what stands out to him is, you know, just his competitiveness on loose pucks, getting in on the forecheck, his will to win games and to do it the right way um, in hard areas is, is really impressive. And then on top of it, he's a, he's a one-shot scorer. Like, he doesn't need much um, to put the puck in the back of the net. Uh, leads the country, I believe, in game-winning goals. Leads our program history in game-winning goals. Um, is an unbelievable shooter and, and really works at his game and his craft. So proud of the player and the person he's become um, in his four years' time here at Denver. About 20 minutes from where I'm sitting right now is a uh, little village called Callahoo, Alberta, and that's the home of Ian Mitchell. Uh, <laughs> you know i got to ask you about uh, Ian. Uh, he played his AJHL hockey in Spruce Grove, which is 20 minutes away as well. Um, so we know him uh, quite well here. He's been on the show many times. Um, tell us about Ian Mitchell and sort of his evolution as a player at Denver. Yeah, Ian, uh, you know, he's he's a catalyst for us on the back end, um, offensively and defensively. And his game has taken a lot of steps this year. I think what's the most impressive about Ian is um, his ability to understand his own game, what he's really good at and what he needs to improve upon. And then he creates a plan uh, to attack those weaknesses and to continue to work on his strengths. And, um, you know, he's just a very focused and driven young man. And um, when you have a plan in place and you have a plan to execute it, uh, you're going to get better. And, and that's what Ian's done um, in a short time here at Denver. And uh, really impressive as a true freshman, come in, do what he's done. Uh, as a sophomore, wears a letter for us, uh, speaks to who he is as a person and who he is in our room. And a lot of people really look up to him and emulate it, try and emulate him, even though he's uh, such a young player, only a sophomore. The other thing, you know, Jared Lucas Savage is, is a senior, and he wanted to live with Ian this year so that he could see how Ian managed his time away from the rink with his habits, uh, sleep, nutrition, uh, taking care of his body, all those things. So that should tell you um, a lot about Ian uh, as a person and how he manages himself. Wow, that's interesting. I'm speaking with uh, David Carl. He's the head coach of, of the uh, Denver Pioneers uh, right before the Frozen Four. Um, I have to ask about your goaltending situation uh, for for casual fans. Again, maybe people are just tuning in at the end of the year to watch the Frozen Four. Interesting story aligned with your goaltenders this year. Philip Larson, the Detroit Red Wings draft pick, wasn't able to go for you early on this year. Devin Cooley stepped in, played really well for you. Um, I know you've gone with Larson down the stretch here, but uh, – you know you can rely on both goaltenders. Maybe just touch on uh, both guys if you can. Yeah, um, you know, both have been incredible. They've been um, our MVPs for our team this year. Um, and it's, you know, to be honest, it's, it's not really close. Um, they've given us a chance to win every night regardless of who's in that. Both have had to deal with injury at different times throughout this season. Uh, when the other guys needed to carry the mail, he's been able to do that. And, um, you know, just really – really impressive what both kids have been able to do. And I think early on, um, you know, probably even through mid-January, they were having to win us hockey games um, on their own. And there's a few games that they stole for us. I think they've allowed our team to mature through some positive uh, results. And it has allowed us to, you know, catch our breath at times. And now we're a really good defensive team as a 20-man unit, including our goaltenders. And I think the burden on them has gotten lighter as the year's gone on because of their play and, and, and helping us out early on in the season. So uh, there's not much more you can say about them and the impact they've had for our program. After losing, you know, a two-time All-American, Mike Richter Award winner, 
um, an Alberta native in uh, Tanner Gillette uh, from his senior season a year ago. Uh, I have to ask you about the, I mentioned the Canadians, obviously a lot of Americans on the roster. It's a bit of United Nations going for the Denver Pioneers. You got the, the Larson, the Swedish goaltender. You also have a Finn and uh, a player from Norway, uh, one of your top scorers here in Emilio Pedersen, the uh, Calgary Flames pick. The importance of finding players out of Europe. I mean, that's, it's, I wouldn't say it's a uh, groundbreaking. It's, pardon the pun, not, you're not pioneers in that sense, but uh, finding players out of Europe becoming more prevalent uh, across the NCAA. Uh, and you guys are taking advantage of that trend as well. Yeah, certainly. Um, it was probably four or five years ago, you know, we sat down as a staff and, um, you know, we look at our history. We had a lot of Finns and Swedes in the 90s, a few in the early 2000s, but um, in a goaltender, you know, in the late 2010, 2012 time. But, Okinawa, you know, we yeah. hadn't spent a lot of, yeah, we hadn't spent a lot of time going over to Europe and we just, um as a lot of people have, but we felt like it was a market that was untapped. And um, so we, we, we went over there, we spent some time with some people, tried to get to know them. Um, and it led to Henrik Borgstrom uh, coming to Denver. And I think that's kind of opened the door for our program, for others from that part of the world um, with Peterson, Heiken and uh, Larson and a couple more that we have uh, verbally committed. So it's an area that, um, you know, as programs, uh, the competitiveness to to be a lead every year, you got to turn over every stone, and um, I think that's something that we do a uh, a very good job of here at Denver. All right, let's get to the matchup with uh, the Minutemen. Uh, you don't play each other uh, very. I don't think there's much of a history between the two programs at all, and on paper, there's not a lot of differences uh, between the two clubs outside of the power play. There's been very good this year, just shy of thirty percent. Yours at 14.9% coming into this weekend. How important is it for you guys to keep this five on five? Yeah, I think, um, five on five, we're a real good hockey team. Um, so it's, yeah, we would prefer to play that way. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, and, and looking at them, the, there's not many holes. I mean, you, you made mention of it, but, um, you know, I think all four teams in the Frozen Four are top five or six in team defense. Um, obviously, UMass scores at a, at a really good rate, and a lot of that has to do with, obviously, McCarr and their power play and, and how elite that is. So it'll be real important for us to stay out of the box, make sure our sticks are on the ice, and um, that we're angling through people well. I asked uh, the same question of uh, Coach Carvel when I had him on. Uh, because you haven't been scored on yet in the tournament, neither have they, how important is the first goal? I mean, it's important always, but neither team has had to play from behind yet. Um, how important is that first goal for you guys? Yeah, it's real. I mean, it's vital. I mean, it's really important. And, um, you know, I think both teams are probably um, comfortable with a one nothing lead. And um, so, yeah, the, the first goal and having a good start – is very important, especially in these one and done games. You can't sit around and and um, you know wait for the game to come to you and and wait for it to happen. You got to go out and and try and be on your toes and be the aggressor and try and make things happen. Uh, last question for you, and I've asked all the other coaches this one uh, as well. All four coaches are among the ten finalists for the Spencer Penrose uh, Trophy as a uh, top Division One coach this year. Uh, if now you can't vote for yourself, obviously, but I don't know if you actually have a vote or not. But who would you cast yours towards if you do? Uh, we do have a vote, actually. I think all the head coaches do vote, and I voted for Scott Sandler, uh at the loop. All right. Very good. Coach, I appreciate your time. Uh, best of luck in Buffalo, and uh, I hope we get a chance to speak again. Great. Thanks, Guy. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on.
That was David Carl, head coach of the Denver Pioneers. And with that, uh, that concludes the uh, coach portion of the Frozen Four Coaches show here on the Pipeline Show. Reminder, the games get going on Thursday, two of them. You're going to see the uh, Providence Friars taking on the University of Minnesota Duluth Bulldogs. That's the first game. And then you've got UMass going up against Denver in the later game. Uh, The two winning teams will then meet on Saturday for the national championship game. If you're in the U.S., obviously on ESPN, uh, those games will uh, be seen. In Canada, you can watch the games on uh, TSN 2 on Thursday. And then I believe the final game is only streamed. It's on uh, tsn.ca and TSN uh, app. But the game will be uh, called by uh, John Buchagross, as well as uh, Barry Melrose, uh, Quint Kucinich, and uh, Colby Cohen, who's been a guest on the Pipeline show several times. And uh, I know if you're in the States, you're going to get, I believe Dave Starman will be uh, in studio. I'm not sure who the studio host will be, but um, whenever Dave Starman's involved, you know it's going to be a quality broadcast for sure. Thanks to all four schools and uh, the uh, media contacts and communication of folks that uh, cover those teams for uh, setting up those interviews with the coaches. Thanks to the coaches, obviously, for making time to speak with me in what's a, a very busy uh, period as they get set to go out to Buffalo. All those teams will be going to Buffalo here in the next day or two. Uh, and I did those interviews uh, late last week, so Thursday, Friday. All the coaches do a ton of media right now, so always appreciate uh, that they make time for the Pipeline show for sure. All right, if you want predictions, my bracket I posted at the start of the NCAA tournament. Uh, I did have Providence and Duluth meeting in the Frozen Four with Duluth moving on. I had UMass getting to the Frozen Four, but to play against St. Cloud. Now, that didn't happen. I did have St. Cloud getting to the uh, final to uh, to play Duluth. Uh, So it's UMass and Denver. Uh, If you want a prediction from me, I guess I'll go with UMass. And uh, simply because, listen, both of those teams got through the uh, regional without giving up a goal. Uh, so pretty impressive. I was going to say UMass is on such a roll right now. So is Denver. So uh, that one might be a coin flip, uh, but I will go with uh, the Minutemen. I believe Kale McCarr will win the NCAA Hobie Baker Award as the top player in Division One hockey. So having the best player in the game right now at that level, uh, I think I will give the edge to the Minutemen. Uh, but I do have the Bulldogs winning the national championship uh, in back-to-back years. First time it's happened since, what, 2005-ish with the uh, Denver Pioneers, as a matter of fact. That's my prediction. Interested to hear yours. You can always uh, hit me up on Twitter at TPS underscore Gee. All right. There will be another edition of the Pipeline Show, an episode of the Pipeline Show at the end of this week. We, depending on the timing, might have uh, an NCAA guest just to preview the final game itself, but that'll be tricky because uh, these games go on Thursday and uh, the show usually comes out on Friday, so that could be a little tight. Uh, But uh, just in case we don't, obviously it'll be a heavy CHL show and uh, we'll look at uh, probably the AJHL final and set that up as well. So uh, lots of more prospect hockey content coming up this week on the Pipeline Show, but this was the Frozen Four special the NCAA Frozen Four Coaches Show. We've been doing it every year here on the Pipeline Show. Must be for the last decade plus. And going back to 2007 was the first time we did it. And uh, it's always a lot of fun for sure. Until uh, we speak again, get out and watch some junior or college hockey so that you and I can talk about it next time here on the Pipeline Show. Until then, my name's Guy Flaming. Thanks, everybody. See ya. See ya.